It's Mark Yegi here, Wealth Architect and Lifestyle Investor. Let's take your life to the next level. Welcome to the Wealth Architect Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wealth Architect Podcast. So glad you're here. Today, we have a really fun conversation coming up with a guy named, well, I'll tell you his name in a second. He's the co-founder and partner of a company that I really resonate. I just love the name, Wealth Without Wall Street. And if you've been watching or listening to our podcast, you know what we think about Wall Street. You know, there's, they, they do play a role, but you got to question some of the things that they do sometimes. Uh, so Wealth Without Wall Street is an online community. And it, what it does is it doesn't educate owners and investors. It re-educates them, which I think is so cool these days. I could sit here and talk about that all day because you know what I think. Let's find out what our guest thinks. Please welcome to the show, Russ Morgan. Welcome, Russ. How are you? I'm great, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on the show. What a great introduction it is. So I'm glad to have you here. So listen, there's a lot of stuff that we could unpack, I'm sure. And we could probably go really deep into it or re really shallow. Uh, depends on what you want. I kind of like to go deep on stuff. So let's start with a little bit of, of, of who you are and, um, and how you came to create this, what I, what I consider a pretty large online community yeah, of investors thank, and business yeah. owners. Yeah. Th thank you so much. So I, one, I, I feel like you got to lead from the front. So I led from the front with Wall Street. That's where I started my career in 2004. I was working uh, for a financial planning and financial advisory firm in Birmingham, Alabama. I became a certified financial planner a couple of years after that. Man, I, I had all the had all the credentials, man. I had all what? the information. I mean, you live in the dream. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> and and I, I was just like everybody else in 2009 with my hands up wondering what had happened. What just happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what just happened? And and that, that sent me on a journey to um, to finding out um, and to testing what had been taught. And along the way, I, I was introduced to many different concepts and um, that led me to uh, building this company called uh, Wealth Without Wall Street with my business partner, Joey Murray. And along the way, we were we started a podcast in 2017, and we started interviewing people who were building passive income streams and doing things off Wall Street. And we just started leading from the front and started uh, pursuing that personally, and then started reporting on that in 2020. And, and here we are today on, a, on, a, on your podcast, sharing with your amazing audience. Well, that's cool. Uh, and they are, by the way. So thanks. Um, well, let, let's let's delve into that a little bit because you know you said the words passive income, and uh, you got it there on your shirt. And you know, if we're going to be talking about passive income, you know, I kind of have this feeling that passive income isn't always passive income. Right. Let's unpack that a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think passive sometimes can be a little deceiving, right? Does it mean uninvolved? How about that? Right like there, it. there's a very different active versus passive, right? And we've interviewed lots of people, as I know you have on your show, and there's people that are involved in, you know, wholesaling, for instance, real estate. Well, they make right. lots of money, but unfortunately, they, they are actively at work constantly. There's a never-ending stream of doing things. There's fixing flippers, right? They make great money, but as soon as you quit flipping, the money ends. So what we try to do is figure out ways that money will become, continue to come in residually, Sure. And maybe you can put effort in on the front end and it continues to happen or you create businesses. Uh, we have a, a business partner and he, he says the, the most efficient way uh, to uh, building wealth is by owning operating companies. And so we take that to the heart. So we we love investing in businesses or creating businesses that for some people may look like investments. And so we have operators running those. And so our 
input is more on a, a visionary marketing, maybe guidance managerial standpoint, and our hands are not in the day to day. So that's why I look at passive is that I'm involved, but that's also how I, I, my investor DNA is I'm only interested if I'm involved. Now we have people in our passive income mastermind, Mark, who they've solved for the money problems. They want the time. <laughs> time is what they're interested in. Exactly. And, and so they're truly looking to make passive investments where they put a dollar in and money comes back to them and all they have to do is cash the check. Yeah. Yep. Um, just in, in, in listening to you there, I start to think about Warren Buffett. That's kind of the Warren Buffett model. He buys, buys operating companies and lets the people do their thing. And uh, obviously you see the success that he's had, right? So it's a similar model and, and uh, time is an essential part of making that model work as we know, right? If you let time and good operators work, eventually you start to make you a lot of money. And then it is kind of a passive thing. You let your money start to work for you. So you actually put your money where your mouth is, right? You you created a passive income stream that went from probably zero to 2,500 to 10,000 to 50,000. You did that. Tell us a little bit about that, how you did that and what we can learn from it. Yeah. Early on, I was doing everything probably um, most people start out with single family homes and uh, multifamily syndications, things like that. And it, it was slow because that was not my investor DNA. And I'll put the disclosure, anything that I tell you that I personally invested in doesn't mean you should. And if it doesn't match who you are, right, just because it works. And that's that's unlike, that's what you say, the retraining of minds. That's what we have to do. And I'll give you a, a great little YouTube clip to go watch today. It's a seven-minute YouTube clip. It's called The Backwards Bicycle. And it's an amazing idea that applies to everything we're talking about. Whenever the, the, the person turned the steering wheel to the left, the wheel went to the right and vice versa. And he tried to figure out how to ride this backwards bicycle. And you've heard the uh, the analogy, it's as easy as riding a bike. Well, <laughs> no, because if it goes backwards, your brain can't process it. And we have these neural pathways of being great in our brain. Well, yep. my, my pathways as related to building streams of income early on were in the rental real estate space. And it was not that I was doing the hands-off, you know, someone else managing type of investments. And I did a couple of deals. I got a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars a month coming in. And I just really was not putting that much money into it. And because I wasn't really passionate about it, it wasn't what filled me up. And it wasn't until I learned that I like being engaged in the operating businesses that I got excited about finding different investment opportunities that we could do, whether that was our short-term rental business. So we built a short-term rental model that we have 26 properties and they're not vacation properties. They're actually here in Birmingham, Alabama. It's for people, everyday people. And, but I could market that. I could add, I could put in an operator into the business. I could add value once a week on a call with them. I could help meet with potential uh, new apartment complex owners and stuff like that to help us scale and we were able to grow that to, you know, sometimes in the uh, the summer months, we hit about 30, 35,000 a month passively there. And it's purely run by someone else. I, I put no effort outside of maybe 30 minutes to an hour call to make sure the operator has everything that they need. Um, that or our land flipping business. We build a land flipping business where we buy and sell raw land, not raw land that any of us would ever want to have. It's not hunting land. It's not fancy um, properties. Usually it's desert property, swamp properties, things that the, the average person would love to own, but can't because they don't have access to large chunks of capital. So we buy them for small amounts of money. And then we turn around and we sell them on terms. We built a team that does that. 
and uh, they do it very efficiently. We've done it um, several hundred times to where now we have about 25,000 a month coming in and note revenue from these uh, pieces of raw land. And I could go on and on and on, but those are some of the things that we've done. And, and again, it just matched who I was an investor um, to, to what I wanted to do. And that's what helped us produce the cash flow we wanted. Hey, it's Mark Yeager here to tell you about our cash flow machine trading program that's designed to teach you how to make safe, reliable income. Now we shoot for two to 4% a month of income and growth in your portfolio. And we have courses to teach you how to do this yourself or inside a mastermind community. And the best part of that is it only takes about 20 minutes a week to implement. Now, while two to 4% a month doesn't sound like much, I show you exactly how we took my IRA from $111,000 to over $500,000 in just 19 months without huge risk. I'm not telling you this to brag, just to show you that you can do this too. So to learn more about this program, go to cashflowmachine.io. That's cashflowmachine.io and you can learn more. So is that, it, it's interesting because a lot of people think that you just buy real estate and it's passive income, right? Yeah. You buy a strip center and it's passive, sure. but you need an operator, right? Especially if you go to any kind of scale, you need to make sure you have an operator. So um, how do you find the right operator? Yeah, totally. So we use a tool called Culture Index. Are you familiar with that? Not at all, no. Yeah, so culture index, you probably heard of like Myers-Briggs, Colby, yeah. Dis, right? Yeah. Uh, and those are great personality personality assessments, but they they lack the ability to truly see, does this person conform to a process? Is this a deductive or inductive thinker? Uh, what is the pace at which they will work? What's their willingness to take on risk? What's their willingness to delegate, right? And so we use this tool. So we bought this tool. It's a kind of a license tool that you buy for your company. And we use it not only to hire every person in all of our businesses that we have. And we, we make the joke, my business partner has five kids. I have four. So we, we make the joke that we have more LLCs than we have kids. And that, that's a lot. But every time we, we invest in something, we put an operator in something before we ever do that, we determine what would that person need to do? What would that person's um, job characteristics and traits look like? And we build what's called a C job within the culture index. And so then it gives us a model and gives us the dots. And so then when we go out interviewing people for that, we have them take that. That's the first step. And if they're not at least an 80% match or greater, we scratch them. We don't even interview them, regardless of how great their track record is, regardless of how great their resume is, because we know that they're not going to fit what we're looking for. So first, you have to know what you're looking for. And then two, you have to be able to measure it objectively. Most of the time as entrepreneurs, we make the mistake of, oh, this person feels right. I've yeah. My gut says yes. this is yeah. going to be the right person. And what we probably end up doing is hiring a person that's a lot like us because that's who we like. We like that's ourselves. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you're an, a great entrepreneur, you're going to hire someone that's good and with people, good with sales, but loves to delegate things off and won't follow a process. And they're going to do things the same way you would have, which would probably not be great. <laughs> I love it. It makes a lot of sense. And I, and that's probably why there are so many uh, failures when it comes to finding good operating people. That's, that's really the crux. It's not, it's not so much the property and it's not even so much the price it's uh, the deal is really made in, in who's running it from what I've seen. And you're more of an expert in it than I, you know, I'm on the other side, I'm a stock market guy. So yeah. Um, 
But um, yeah, great. So I know you have lots of different resources uh, for people to access, but I want to talk a bit about the name of your company, right? Okay. I know this is a simple thing to talk about, but hey, you put it out there. So I want to talk about it. Wealth without Wall Street. Why wealth without Wall Street? What, what, why are you eliminating Wall Street and what's wrong with Wall Street? Yeah. So we stand on that fence because we feel like financial freedom is defined clearly as passive income greater than monthly expenses. And Wall Street has been a model where it's accumulation, right? Like it's a numbers game. You get to seven, eight, nine figures saved up in your 401k, IRA, whatever, fill in the blank account. And then you try to follow the 4% rule or as what Wade Fowler would say now is more like the 3% rule. <laughs> and you hope not, to, you, you hold on tight and hope you don't run out of money. And what I, I don't believe that that is the model that most people want. At least that's not what they tell us when they call us. They, and they're saying, hey, I want to be financially free. I just got off a call um, with one of our coaches and they were, they were talking with two attorneys and they're in their 40s and they, they make really great money and they have three kids, four ones on the way. And the wife wants to be able to stay home during the summers because they tried to hire a nanny and that didn't work out really well, right? And they're trying to figure out what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if they have $2 million, $5 million in their 401k. They can't touch it for 20 years. Yeah. So that tool is not helping them get closer what to closer to what they want. They need to create cash flow. And so what we have figured out is that Wall Street's model is built on fees. I know it because I used to collect those fees. Me I, too. Right? I mean, <laughs> I, I know what those fees look like. And yeah. I know that we create new ways for them to create fees. Why do you think 529 plans exist, right? Those things exactly. came out after the dot-com bubble. We had to find a new way to, to fill in the gaps when everything goes down. We, we create plans and strategies in the Wall Street world to make fees. And that's okay. I mean, I'm a capitalist. I'm, I'm good with that. It's just when, if our if our model is to become financially free so we can do what we want, where we want, with whoever we want, and we're not 60 or whatever, we need to create cash flow. And so that's where we believe wealth happens without Wall Street. Yeah. And I, I go a little bit deeper in that. And that is that the, the adages that Wall Street has don't really serve us, right? They're, I say, I always say it's controversial, but I come from Wall Street, so I get to say it, right? Um, Wall Street is built by lawyers and salespeople, right? Salespeople mm -hmm. gather the assets and the lawyers just make sure that the rest of the firm doesn't get you know, sued. So they put people into average performing assets so that you can go, well, you were in, in an index, you made your 8%, you can't sue us. Right. And that's not really the way to really get ahead of inflation. Inflation officially is at 9%. You and I both know it's over 20%, most likely. And if you look at the, you know, I, did, I talked about this yesterday with somebody. If you take the graph of the dollar from 1930, the purchasing power, it's declined by 99.5%. If you flip the graph over, it looks just like the graph of the stock market. <laughs> And so essentially, the goal of the stock market is to stay ahead of inflation and just take the same money that you have today and in tomorrow's dollars, be able to retire with it and then run out of money and then you die. Right. And it's just a real shame that that's the smoke and mirrors that most people believe in. And they, they push their money across the table to somebody and they go, here, I don't want to deal with it. You deal with it. When those people probably haven't even been trained in financial planning, financial portfolio management, they do a 60-40 model with a 4% you know, pay out at retirement. And anyway, that's, that's the, the depth that I like to go into because there's, if you start to question first principles thinking, that's when you start to, to create your own, uh, your own way out. And I think you have 
a method, which is what it sounds like, of, um, of creating that. And, and I applaud you for that because I think a lot of people can learn from your model. You went and said, wait a minute, I came from Wall Street. I don't know if I believe in all the stuff they say. Let's see if we can go over here and create a different model. Am I yeah. kind well, of right I, on that? Close. No, totally. I, I mean, there's again, there, there's people that make money and all sorts of different things. Sure. And, and we're we're the thing that you know best and the thing that you can understand and influence will reduce your risk and will have the highest rate of return. Always okay. the case. Why I love businesses, because I can influence the outcome, right? Like I can't handle what's happening with the Fed right now. I can't change the way the government is spending money. None of those things are within my control outside of a few little hacks that I can do to offset those, right? But if if I am in the, I'm just using the short-term rental business, right? Yeah. People are, are, are staying in your town every single night. How can you be the one that is servicing that business? That's that's a way to do it, right? Like people are are looking for property to buy, whether it's actual homes or it's just raw land. How can you get in the way of that? Those are things that we can influence. So that's that's things that I think about. Now, am I invested in things like ATM machines? Right. We have syndications. Do we know that that's a, a an area? I mean, you know, people talk about immigration. Well, I'm going to use immigration to my benefit. If, if integration laws are going to be what they're going to be, I'm going to invest in ATM machines because that's a very underbanked population. They're going to continue to use cash. Well, I had to think about that. So I start thinking through what are those areas that are happening? You know, right now people are, are diving out of real estate. Well, this is where the opportunity gets greater. Like as long as you know how to buy creatively, I can buy, you know, we bought a million five home, didn't put any credit down, no down payment down, didn't even have to get a mortgage. I yeah. took over the existing home mortgage, right? So there's there's ways to do it, but you have to be educated in in how that process works. The more I'm educated, the more that I can influence the outcome. Yeah. I, it's just, it's it's a model that when you actually say it like you just said it, sounds so good, but people never just get to hear it, right? So that's that's one of the reasons you and I are out here talking and yeah. allowing and having people come in on our podcasts and our, our YouTube videos and all kinds of things, just trying to get the word out because there's plenty of money out there for people to make and there's plenty of ways to invest. So, you know, more education is really, I think, what we're all about, right? Totally. Yeah, it, we say it all the time. The number one obstacle to keeping people from being in financially free market is access to cash. And it's not that they don't have it. I mean, many of your listeners probably have seven, eight figure um, accounts. Sure. But how much is it that they can actually access and do something with, right? Opportunity happens when you have that access to cash. There's million dollar deals happening all around you. The difference is you just don't feel like you can participate because you don't have access to money. That's, that's good for someone else, right? So, but how do you, so that brings up a question, Russ. How do you square that with Wall Street's an accumulation model? So let's accumulate which is savings and having cash to be able to invest with having the actual investments done because they too, aren't they kind of on the opposite ends of the seesaw there? Yeah. So there's a, I think a way I would look at this, right. My own opinion is that wall street is investing, not savings. Now I know that we use terms like college savings plans, retirement <laughs> savings plans. Those are, those are good words. That makes you feel good, right? Saying the word savings. Oh man, that feels good. But when you look at the prospectus and it tells you you can lose up to 100% of your investment, there's no savings in that. That's we wouldn't, we would never think about that. We would see that as risk. We would see that as investing. And again, by the way, those could produce 100% returns or greater, right? And yeah, some have. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. 
So what I would say is that savings and investing are different things. So one, you need to understand where your savings are. Most people put their money in banks and checking accounts, savings. And because they know they're losing 9% in purchasing power, as you were just saying a second ago to the CPI, probably worse, what do they do? They put very little amounts of money in there. So they invest in things like 401ks, mutual funds. And when the market's going up, who wants to sell? That's Nobody. great. When the market's going down, who wants to sell? Nobody. So they keep True. their money in there. So it's never a savings accumulation tool. So people say, well, Russ, where do people put money? Well, in 2009, Mark, I'm at a conference with 500 other financial advisors, financial planners, CPAs. I'm down in Orlando, Florida. It's a conference I've been to every year for the previous five years. And I was listening and looking at the world a lot differently. And this at the, there was probably 10 or 15 people get up and they talk about all sorts of different stuff. Sounds like the money show. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it, was a, it was a conference called Circle of Wealth. Um, oh, okay. And, and so I was at this and this at the time, he was in his late 70s. This man gets up and he talks about a concept of putting your money in a, a tool that's 200 years old, whole life insurance. Now, by the way, I'd heard this guy say this for 15 minutes every single year. He'd get up and share his idea, talk about his book. And I heard the word whole life insurance, my ears closed like every financial advisor would, right? <laughs> right. And, but at this point, I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to go follow him into this uh, little breakout session. And he went through and started talking about, every one of you believe that the best place to put money is in banks or on Wall Street. He said, but let's look at where Wall Street and banks put their money. And he started showing us the balance sheets of Bank of America, Wells Fargo, where are they storing cash? two to one to the real estate that they have was in cash value life insurance. Wow. He said, now here's the thing. Why are they doing that? It's not because they love the three to 5% returns they're getting on their money. It's because they have safe access to cash that they can turn to do whatever they want to. Why are you not doing the same exact thing? And so I was very intrigued by that. Hard for me to accept because I had been taught one way. You right? got programmed. I, I, it took me over six months that year uh, of fighting it. But eventually I did that. So what did I start doing, Mark? I started putting six figures every single year into whole life policies, the opposite of what I would have ever told anybody to do. And over time, I started building access to cash. And wouldn't you know it, opportunities started coming along. My business partner did doing the same. People started coming up to us. Hey, by the way, we, we would like to be able to do this investment, but we don't have access. Hey, would you like to get involved in this deal? We, we need more investors we started looking at opportunities. So I started taking cash that I had stored and I could turn it into cash flow. But the beauty is I had a place to put it back to that was safe. And I started yeah. doing that over and over again. So for me, I look at Wall Street as an investment. And by the way, there's people that invest in, in Wall Street from safe places, but just knowing that that's an investment, not savings. Love it. Um... You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure we could unpack, and and you've got a lot of knowledge across a lot of different areas of passive income, and you've got interesting ways of looking at it, which I really appreciate it because I love to find out new ways of looking at things rather than let's put our money in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and uh, and uh, you know you'll be fine over time, uh, and you're not right. Uh, so let's talk about you have a you have a community. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that community and maybe something you can offer our listeners and viewers. What do you think? Yeah. Well, if you're listening to Mark's show and you're trying to figure out, is this passive income for real or is this guy <laughs> Russ <laughs> just blowing smoke? Um, and I don't necessarily hear this in my daily walk and I don't have other people around me that's pursuing this. You feel like you're on an island. 
I'm going to give you one of two avenues. One, you could just like dip your toe in the water. You can go to wealthwaltwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. And we actually have a very simple quiz that we do that helps you understand where you are, uh, gives you a score, and you can enter our free community and start consuming this information. But if you really are thinking, hey, I, I would like to go fast. I'd like to be with other seven, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs building streams of passive income because it is possible, by the way. I have a guy named Jared in our Passive Income Mastermind. He's a dentist. He came to us six months ago, and he had done some things successfully and had done really well in his business. But his biggest um, concern was, am I going to be a dentist for the rest of my life? And so um, he came into our community. He started finding ways to do it. He started connecting with other people within our mastermind. And within six months, he's been able to build almost 50000 a month in passive. Mm-hmm. And he, he's not the, uh, the, the average or the normal, right? But it's just an example of someone who gets really fired up at what they're trying to accomplish and are able to do it. So I would, if you're someone who's wanting to, to get around other people that are doing this at a very high level, I would uh, send you to our thepassiveincomemastermind.com. That's thepassiveincomemastermind.com. And that's where you can apply. Uh, you can see uh, more about what we're doing there. Uh, we hold two live events. Uh, we just got finished with our uh, last one for 2020, which was in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, we are going to be at Scrub Island and the BVI in June of next year. But we'd love to um, have a conversation with you. You can apply there and see if it's the right fit. You mind if I ask you a couple of questions about your mastermind? Totally. What? So what is a mastermind? Let's start with that. And and why is it so beneficial? If it is, I'm assuming it is, right? <laughs> why is it so beneficial to your members? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing I would tell you. Like, I'm not a an expert mastermind um, creator. Uh, Mark. A year and a half ago, a business partner I uh, of ours said to Joey and I, you guys are the king of passive income. We're like, well, that's probably a little much, you know, but go ahead. You're good for my ego. And he <laughs> said, but you're, here's the problem is that you're being selfish and not letting other people in on this. So what are you talking about? We talked about this on our podcast and everybody else's podcast as much as they'll let us. He said, no, but you really need to share because what happens is in a one-on-one level, right? Live events change life, yeah. right? And I said, okay, well, we, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite people to an event and I want you to share what you're doing and see what they think. And so we, we actually sent out 35 personal invites. We didn't promote it anywhere. We had 32 people show up at an event we did in Nashville, Tennessee. And at the end of it, the, the buzz was so amazing. Now it wasn't because we had a great speakers at the front of the room, which we did by the way. It was because of the group of people. When you go into a room that's worth over a billion dollars, the the opportunities and when egos are low, because even though there's titans in business and all of the different areas, they're not experts in every other area. And what that's they it. they get around other people, they don't have to they don't have to peacock, right? They they know they can be comfortable saying, "I'm in a setting of people who are successful." And they can share. And that's what happened. And from that, we we built out uh, a mastermind that meets twice a month virtually because we're busy, we're successful. Sure. Um, but what ends up happening is, is that you take thousands of transactions of experience and you're able to get that information. So I'll give you just insight. So we'll we'll have a speaker come in and they'll share a concept. And it could be on any type of investment. It could be a tax strategy. It could be an infrastructure strategy, asset or estate planning, anything. And they share for 30 to 40 minutes. And then we let the room ask questions. And that usually lasts 10 or 15 minutes. 
And then we give them back the rest of the day. And we spend the next 30 minutes going around the room and say, Mark, rank on a scale of one to 10. How did that sit for you and why? And your unique perspective, because of all of your previous experience, right, of doing what you've done, provides insight to the room that they've never potentially even heard. And so we go around the room for that next 30 minutes and we have them share that. It opens up amazing ideas. There's been deals done because of what someone shared. There's been deals that were canceled that were not going to be, that were going to be done that were canceled because of what was shared. And then the other meeting a month that we have is just pure masterminding where we break up into groups of three or four and we talk about the thing that's working for us. We talk about the things that we're stuck on. We have a board of advisors. And a lot of times we just don't have a group of people that we feel open enough to share that information with and then trust that they could give me insight to the information because usually we end up being the biggest and baddest in our in our network. Yep. And when you're around people that have way more experience in areas that you do, it really opens up cool things. And so we've been able to do this. It's something that's a real passion project for us. It's the thing that I love the most and yep. I spend the most of my time working in. So you don't, you don't know this probably, but I've started several masterminds. Uh, one of them with millionaires, billionaires. I have another one called Epic right now, which is very similar. Always, almost right up the road of what you're talking about. And then we have a, a, a mastermind that's uh, oddly enough for this call uh, called the Cashflow Machine. And it's a mastermind community where we talk about how to make stocks using a, a technology and a formula that I've created uh, for the stock market. And so, you know, when you can get like-minded people in a spot, you create, like Napoleon Hill said, uh, a third mind, right? You get two people, two minds together, you create a third mind. And that's where the real magic happens. So if you're listening, if you're watching, you know, a mastermind group is where you're going to catapult 10x the current results that you're getting. You've got to change your environment. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten, everybody. And so you've got to change what you're doing. You've got yeah. to 10x what you're doing. You got to you got to change it up. Otherwise, you're going to find out that you're 65, 70 years old, and you've gotten the same results that you were programming yourself to get when you were 35. Change your results uh, comes. Changing your results comes from changing your actions and taking an action to be surrounding yourself with people that get you, that can celebrate you, that can support you. Uh, is really critical. I, I didn't want to make this a commercial about your mastermind group, but I believe so strongly in your mastermind group, my mastermind group, anyone out there that uh, that I believe that people should be, be getting in, especially since we've just gone through this crazy two-year period where we didn't see each other, right? right. Yeah. And I've got a mastermind thing uh, just like you coming up in Greece, and I probably need to come, come be a little more stateside to get a few more people because we have an epic time when we go to Greece, but not a lot of people... Want to take a week or two to go over there, but uh, listen. Uh, let, let let me have those two links again, uh, just for our listeners that might be driving. Maybe they can remember this, or for the people that are watching, can can write this down. Uh, what are they again? It's wealthwithoutwallstreet.com for slash quiz. If you just would like to get the score and be able to get a, a simple entry into our community and to our world, or if you'd like to look deeper into the passive income mastermind, you can go to the passive income mastermind.com. And everybody, we'll have this in the show notes as well on the wealtharchitectpodcast.com. Not the, it's just wealtharchitectpodcast.com. So if you need it, if you're driving, you don't have a chance to write it down. You, you don't lose it. You can, you can always play this thing back and, and listen to Russ again. So listen, Russ, thank you so much uh, for your time, your wisdom. I really appreciate it. I, I like the fact that we were able to open up some new pathways to thinking, and maybe that leads to something down the road for one or hopefully many of our listeners. So thanks for your time and, uh, and your wisdom. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. 
And thank you everybody for tuning in to the Wealth Architect podcast. I want to remind you, never give up your power in your health, your wealth, or your time. See you next time on the Wealth Architect podcast. You've been listening to the Wealth Architect podcast with Mark Yegi. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Share and tell your friends. See you soon.